What's going on, everybody? My name is Matt. And I'm Gabe. And welcome back to another episode of the Tentacle Bot Podcast. And today we are going back to your regularly scheduled program. We're back to one album review this week. <laughs> and I'm going to actually let Gabe just kind of intro us into this one. Yeah, absolutely. So this week we're going to be talking about the new Comeback Kid record, uh, Heavy Steps. So this was released January 21st, 2022 on Nuclear Blast Records. Comeback Kid is going to be Andrew Newfield on vocals, Jeremy Hebert on lead guitars and backing vocals, Stu Ross on co-lead vocals and rhythm guitars, Lauren Laguerre on drums, and Chase Brennerman on bass and backing vocals. And uh, honestly, I'm just going to, I'll go ahead and just jump right into this one. Um, This one feels like Rotting Out meets Rise Against meets Architects. And I'm here for it. Like th- th- it was honestly just a blast to listen to, and it was a really mm-hmm. solid palate cleanser, especially after the last monstrosity of deathcore albums that we had to deal with. Yeah, <laughs> no, for sure. And honestly, uh, actually, in our kind of side conversations with uh, just Gabe and myself personally, is uh, when he made the comparison, he had started listening to the record before I got a chance to, so he kind of made that comment and. Uh, I'm not super familiar with the Rotting Out's material, uh, but I actually just pulled up one of their songs after listening to Comeback Kid, and the comparison he made was perfect. The Architects one, I don't recall you saying initially, but I can definitely see the Architects kind of influence. It, it um, was something that I was added in later on. Yeah, um, uh, and also to to know, I know Comeback Kid is older than Rotting Out. Rotting Out was just like one of my first hardcore bands, so like that's kind of like my point of reference for that's, it. That's that's understandable. So I recognize that Comeback Kid likely influenced Rotting Out. However, that's just what it felt like for me <laughs> that's fair um and i guess that's a pretty good way to jump into the musical review um at first it took me a little bit to kind of get into um i i don't have an issue with hardcore um i've definitely become a lot more like like it's grown on me a lot more uh coming into this one i think just after all of the deathcore records that we had done is it was a little bit of whiplash mm-hmm. uh it's very much a hardcore but it's not the beatdown hardcore like we've seen a lot of here on the podcast the uh instrumental reminded me significantly of rise against it felt a lot it felt almost happy throughout a lot of the record as opposed to where a lot of hardcore bands it has a little bit of that bite and it kind of um it was it was more punk than hardcore yeah exactly uh vocally it's it goes hard the whole way through i don't think andrew really takes a breath much other than the occasional like (laughs) spoken yelling word portions of the record all in all it's a it's a really fun kind of hype just album to listen to yeah for sure the what the album lacks for lacks in like flashiness and flair it just makes up in being just straight bangers all the way through Mm -hmm. like each of the songs is a pit opener and really takes me back to my punk roots that i fell in love with to begin with um yeah and 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 while i make the rotting out comparison too like it's just the utmost utmost respect because how much i love rotting out and just love hardcore punk in general the the riffs are as punk as they get and the vocal duties from andrew and the rest of the band are top tier there's not really much i don't love about this album that's fair uh jumping right into the lyrical review um my my comments are a little bit short is there doesn't seem to be a single entity or theme to the record as some of the songs seem to reference multiple things and at the same time uh full transparency i looked up the lyrics for about five of the songs kind of just picked a couple all the way through and as i'm reading through as it was like okay, this seems to be what this is about. And then it was like, okay, this seems to be the theme. And then it kind of jumped to something else. And it it seems like a little bit of talking about um, maybe like a failed relationship, whether friendship or love. Uh, and then there's also like references to questions of the human condition and then the 
almost obligatory anti-government kind of kind of thing. So it's a lot of different things there. So there's not one single entity, but multiples. Yeah, it, it definitely follows just kind of like the normal tropes of hardcore yeah. punk music. Like it, it's more focused on grandiose one-liners mm-hmm. as opposed to uh, like full cohesive stories within yeah. the songs, which is fine. Like it, it's filled with vague call-outs and everything that you mentioned, just songs about life's general hardships. Like there's nothing really stand out, but none of it's bad. Yeah. It just doesn't really do much. Yeah. So narratively, it doesn't really flow with one thing. Uh, the songs overall end up flowing well, like lyrically, even though it's potentially four or five different entities all in one, they seem to flow well together, but it's uh, at the same time, it's a little bit of a tough read lyrically, especially if you're just trying to kind of take everything face mm-hmm. value and break it all down it's a it's a little weird yeah absolutely uh and then before we jump into the track by track on this one the album art we do uh, like to discuss that uh the cover on this one's kind of a weird one um i'm just gonna throw out the disclaimer like your best bet is just to look at this album art mm-hmm. <laughs> um but it's kind of like a tribal based art influenced by street art it kind of was the vibe that i got from it i'm not really sure how you felt in that regard um it we have the band name and the uh the album name uh, in the center of the album, uh, one on top, one on bottom, in this kind of tight font that I, I just I really can't describe it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, but both of those in the center. The covering is the, the cover is a smatter of blues, oranges, whites, and yellows with images of like dogs, dogs, masks, skeletons, and human faces. Um, yeah, I just just look up this one. This is a really yeah. hard one to describe. This <laughs> one, um, th- weirdly enough, and I, I I'm actually looking. Um, for some reason, I when I first saw the album cover and I was trying to kind of break it down, is the first thing I thought of was In Living Color. And I believe there were, it was maybe like when the sequences from when it would transfer from one skit to another is it would kind of go into this art style that was reminiscent of that. Um, the last time I've seen this show was five, ten years ago. So that I, I can't say that for certain. Uh, but it also reminded me of the kind of like 2006 to 2008, 2009 metalcore band shirts, where it was this very yeah. animated, cartoony. Uh, so it almost looks like uh, uh, the the street art and the kind of tribalistic design kind of mixed with that old metalcore design for the T-shirts is probably a good way to put it. Um, I, feel, it I feel like mixing in a little bit of the uh, – like a traditional style uh, tattoos yes, as well. Yes, yes, I can good, absolutely agree comparison. with that. Um, but definitely a for sure look over. And if the uh, In Living Color uh, comparison was very not right, uh, that's my apologies. I'm trying to go base completely off memory, and I didn't didn't do enough research. So um, I'm, I'm trying not to mean any offense to anybody based on that. But Danzig and Rise Against say what? Yeah, right. <laughs> so let's jump on into the track-by-track track breakdown. And this one opens up with Heavy Steps the title track of the record and Gabe I'll let you kind of give your thoughts on this one yeah this one just opens up the album with a banger for sure Mm -hmm. um the title track is right out the get um it sets the tone for the album without a doubt it's a two-stepping song and the riffs are fantastic and the breakdown halftime bit towards the end was super neat and I just I love hearing breakdowns in punk music because it kind of combines the two favorite things like I love breakdowns and I love punk music. So yeah. kind of just fusing between the two. It's kind of like where hardcore punk is my home. Yeah, no. And that's understandable. Um, yeah, no, it, it absolutely wastes no time jumping into it. And I'm actually I was actually surprised to an extent at how fast we jumped into it. I was expecting a little bit of a intro kind of like what some records tend to do or at least even if it wasn't just the first song was 
only an intro track, but at least having a, a slow build into everything. This Intros one punk does not. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, it's a fantastic song to headbang to, and the breakdown in it was absolutely fantastic. And overall, it's a really cool song to intro the record out. And I wouldn't be surprised if this were to become a first song in their live sets. For sure, yeah. Especially like when it, when if they uh, do a, a tour package for this one, mm-hmm. I would definitely see uh, Heavy Steps being just kind of their opening for yeah. it. Yeah. Because like just that heavy steps on hollow ground, like that, that's just going to be kind of what everybody's ready, 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 ready. Open up the pit. Yep. And and here we go. And then speaking of opening up pits, track two, no easy way out. Matt, why don't you go ahead and start this one? No easy, no easy way out. <laughs> and like it's so catchy. Oh, and, it is super catchy. Um, I I didn't really bring this up in the musical review, but I, I'm gonna definitely call it out as we go through. Is there are a lot of catchy choruses on this, mm-hmm. which seems weird considering we're talking about punk. You would expect more catchy choruses out of rock or some of the the newer metalcore acts, but not really in something like this. It's probably the most catchy on the record and gets stuck in my head. Honestly, it did immediately. Really fun song outside of the chorus, too. And really, when you look at how the record itself was composed, this is the perfect spot for this song. It comes right off the tails of the uh, heavy steps, and it also uses this more minimalistic verse compared to the more like kind of go all out that heavy steps did. So it allows there to be the, that breakup and gives these two songs their own separate identity. Yeah, for sure. Um, the, the, this one it just it jumps into strict tech words it jumps into track two and just it hits harder than an opening song mm-hmm. honestly um we get one of those nasty skate punk bass breaks which i just love like one of my first concerts uh, I, I believe it was my second concert i saw like in 2013 or something like that when i was i, I was like just out of high school so it, was, it wasn't it was like one of my real concerts that i went to oh that's awesome and um i saw i saw rotting out for the first time and it was it was like a whole punk package but um, I remember just like the the bass would go down as like the drums were doing kind of like those slow like dun, dun, ka, dun, 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 ka, yep. and like the bass is just going and like that has just stuck in my mind forever. Mm-hmm. And so like being able to hear that on this like it just kind of like reinvigorated more of that love for me. Um, this one also features a little tiny bit of a solo, although it's like four seconds long. Yeah, but it was kind of cool to hear. It was just it was, it was nasty. It fit the song really well. Mm-hmm. Th- th- this is definitely one of my top tracks on the album. Yeah, no, I I'm right there with you. Face the Fire, on the other hand, is I I didn't find it as good as the previous two songs, but sound wise, this is another one that's the this is the perfect slot for it on the record. The breakdown in this was probably better than the one in Heavy Steps, just in over mm-hmm. just in how sick it was overall, and the musicianship from all the members is great. It's the song just didn't quite click with me like the previous two did. Yeah, I'd agree with you there. Um, definitely also agreeing on the uh, the breakdown being better than Heavy Steps, just because it was it slapped. Um, it's definitely a more of a pick me up song on the album lyrically, and it's just kind of more talking about like standing up for yourself in the midst of hardships. Yeah, uh, the line "a glass ceiling turned to stone" um, is definitely like one of my favorite lyrics from this album. Okay, and I, it's definitely gonna be like one of those things that just ends up on the back of a shirt that yeah. you would buy at a merch table. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and then my my final note here, I don't honestly don't even know why I wrote this, but I put "funk as puck." <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm just gonna skip that and move on to a cross, which is gonna be featuring. Joe Duplantier of Gojira. Uh, this one's definitely my favorite song on the album. Really? Uh, yeah, this super catchy. Mm-hmm. And like, this is just the one that, like, as I was casually listening to it my first time through, I was like, yeah, this is just like rotting out. I love rotting out. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to love this. And so, like, this one here really kind of uh, it just 
really kind of felt that for me. Like, mm-hmm. can I give, can I give, can I give or take? And it's just like that whole like kind of really repetitive, but back and forth kind of yeah. vocal phrasing um, that, uh, that uh, uh, Andrew was doing. And it, it just, I love this song. That's fair. So I'm not going to lie. And I don't know if you caught it. What Joe was actually doing on the feature. He was doing mostly like the background kind of stuff. Um, so, uh, it, it was it was not like a full verse or anything like that. He was featured almost throughout the entire song, okay. just mainly in like the builds up and the bridges to the chorus, and okay. a little bit in like the post choruses and stuff like that. And so those kind of like low moan, screamed whale grunts mm-hmm. kind of thing. That that was Joe. Okay, because at, at the beginning is guitar wise, it sounded a little bit reminiscent of what I remember of Gojira and. Honestly, sure. I haven't returned to Gojira since the uh, <laughs> abomination that was their last record, which we actually talked about briefly last year. Um, a, a lot of my notes were kind of just complaints of not really being able to pick out where Joe was in the in the songs, but it may be something I need to come back to. Yeah, it's this one here and the, the next one, which has a feature as well. Both of them don't feature the artists that they are featuring prominently. Mm-hmm. And so... I think it was an interesting choice. Yeah. I don't know if it was the right one. Um, I like that was one of my notes here is I do wish that it was um, less background and more of a full feature of Joe, mm-hmm. just because I do like his voice. Yeah. Um, I just it it, it was kind of one of those things. Like fortunately, he has a unique voice, and so it was easy for me to pick out. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, like I just it, it was kind of that that part left a little bit to be desired. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, outside of the feature, the song was as expected based off of what the rest of the record had alluded to. And I, I'd have to put it just as a decent song for me. Um, and we'll just jump right into the next song, which is Everything Relates featuring JJ, who is a Swedish punk band, if my research um, was correct. I found something different. Oh. So I... I Truly, I don't know because JJ is a very basic term. Yeah. It doesn't really tell us. I had no idea about that. But when I was looking up um, lyrics, mm-hmm. uh, A to Z lyrics and Genius lyrics both had JJ Peters, who is the vocalist for D's Nuts. I wish that was a joke, but I'm being serious. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So what you said this is might a, make this more is a sense. Que- th- so this feature is very much a question mark because it it, it sounds like neither of us are 100% sure but the, yeah the, this feature was uh, kind of like the joe feature on the last one where it was just it wasn't prominent enough that i really was able to like pick out oh hey here's the feature so i i i'd never listened to these nuts prior to this okay just i always thought it was a meme band never touched it that's fair um the I, I have no idea where the feature is on this song, mm-hmm. unless uh, if there if it is JJ Peters because he used to be the drummer for I Killed the Prom Queen if I remember correctly. Oh really? If I remember correctly, okay. Um, so maybe they used him on drums. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. But I I genuinely tried. I listened to this song probably about three four times when I was doing my notes just so I could try and figure yeah. out. I couldn't figure out where it is. Yeah, I I know I've listened to this record. And it, uh, there was parts of it where I would like listen through it most of the way and then start it over because like I, I kind of got distracted mm-hmm. or kind of spaced out a lot of the record. 
and I I know I listen to everything relates and th- be, because it's a really catchy chorus I could pick it out. Um, yeah, the the chorus on this one definitely feels like one of those hooks that would be like a warp tour anthem. Yeah, it just it really gave me those vibes and kind of made me feel like I would be at those festivals mm-hmm. again. Yeah, no, and it's great to bob your head to the and, instrumental work on notably this was the super the, fun. the real warp tour, not this we were young fest crap. Oh yeah, that's, <laughs> that's gonna be a nightmare. <laughs> honestly, we we might just have to just have a sailor special talking about that because that that oh, could yeah. be an episode. It's Firefest 2.0. I'm, I'm waiting for it. Uh, yeah, no, instrumental work was super fun on this one, so I got to give the the credit there. And I would probably put this in a playlist for just hype music, and it would slot in really nice. I, I respect that. Uh, moving forward uh, on to uh, the next track, we have Dead on the Fence. Um, this one is super heavy. I'd, I'd honestly say it's probably the heaviest one on the album. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of chugging, and honestly, it feels more like a th- like a thrash song than the rest of the album, which I, I thought was kind of cool. I see that, yeah. Um, like, it... it isn't straight up a thrash metal song like it's still very punk influence mm-hmm. and stuff like that but like it, it feels something more like what i would have heard out of those like 80s riffs and stuff like yeah that. and it, it's more like the the influence was kind of there yeah it, it's a nice break from the two-step and the skank beats um mm-hmm. i have no clue what the song is about yeah <laughs> this uh we've seen a lot of consistency in sound and even tempo to an extent throughout this record and it really doesn't didn't stop here it's a song worthy of jamming and not skipping and the leads into the pseudo breakdown so it kind of where we start to hear everything kind of drop into the half speed and uh, essentially break down. And then when we actually hit the actual breakdown was hard. I mm-hmm. was not ready for how much that it just hit um, it again. It just goes hard for sure. And speaking of songs that hit hard next one, Shadow of Doubt. Your face dropped. You don't like this song, do you? So. Start. I'm gonna be completely honest. Here's here's where the fist come. Starting with this song is we kind of get into a spurt of songs where the the songs are fine and the quality is there. It's just I'm not overly jazzed about it. Like it was. We get the aggressive screaming vocals. We get the really clean guitar work and the obligatory breakdown. It just didn't click with me. Well, so you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there it um, is. The riff on this one is so groovy, mm-hmm. and it just it feels like it would be a ton of fun to circle pit at the at a show. Yeah. Um, as we're laying, I, I honestly have a very different feeling from what you are. Um, I felt like as we're getting into the back half of the album at this point, uh, it doesn't really feel like the album's slowing down at all, and it, the listener listener's fatigue is also just kind of non-existent for me. That's fair, and, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that none of these songs hardly exceed three minutes. Like the longest song on this. Mm-hmm album is heavy steps at three minutes and 22 seconds yeah and i i think you know and i i absolutely agree with the statement of they are not slowing down it's i i think what it was like there there were parts where if if the record's playing as i could probably be like oh this is shadow of doubt like that that wouldn't be an issue is i think there was a little bit of the listener's fatigue because there's so much packed into to sh- such a short amount of time and it's constant it's like okay this one's packed. This one's packed. And it just keeps going. And it was there there wasn't enough of a kind of breakup with some of the songs where some of the songs had the um going back to No Easy Way Out, the more minimalistic verses where everything kind of dropped a little bit. That kind of helped section it off a little bit. But then everything was just like go, 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 go. And it's fine to an extent. It's just it was 
too packed is that's that's my opinion and obviously here you're not jazzed about my opinion your opinion's not very punk rock anyway (laughs) (laughs) uh we'll move into true to form what do you got for this one matt so um this is kind of just falling into into that spurt like i'm uh that i had referenced before but the shining moment on this song being in particular was the chorus being as catchy as it was and it definitely is something that you would hear the band getting the crowd yelling during their live sets if they introduce this in is you you everybody's yelling this oh for sure yeah like th- this one is just right back into the the rotting out influence it, it feels like something that would have come straight yeah. off the street prowl i don't really have much for this one no i didn't that. either <laughs> uh jumping into in between uh i'll make mine quick because i don't have too much unfortunately i think the song takes the cake for the least favorite on the record it just felt a little bit too plain Again, bringing the uh, riffage, vocals, and composition that we'd seen on the record all into this package, but it really didn't have the catchy chorus that some of the the songs had kind of brought in, and it didn't have a breakdown that was really memorable like some of the other songs. So again, it's just lackluster and just my least favorite personally. Fair enough. Um, Yeah, this one gave me a lot of the Rise Against vibes, Mm -hmm. and uh, obviously just in the instrumentals, the vocals are really nothing like Tim McElrath. Right, right. But um, the riffing in the chorus is a lot of fun, and it's something that I want to learn just because it's a real catchy and groovy feel to it. And about a minute left in the song, it goes to this super cool stop and start breakdown that I really like. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Um, I, I do agree with you that it's kind of one of my lower uh, ranked ones on the album, but there's still like redeeming qualities about That's it. That's fair. Yeah, no, I get that. Following up is the song Stand Still. This one also sounds like a Rise Against song. Like, just kind of straight through, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, and it, like you said, it's very much in the instrumentals. Um, yeah, well, even then, like, the, the chorus on this one it does have, like, a melody that goes along with it. And that one honestly sounds really Rise Against as well. Okay. Just with the the way that kind of, like, the melody plays out. Um, it, it's also another catchy one and just kind of really gives no indication that the album's about to come to close. Yeah, no, and I honestly, I agree. So the the spurt of the my lesser favorite songs or the, the songs that just didn't quite hit with me ends with this one. The spoken slash yelled portions of the song really help it set it apart set itself apart from the rest of the record making for a much more memorable song and i also recall going and listening to the song casually and like i could actually be like oh that's standstill where the uh, the last three songs was a little bit more like mm-hmm. maybe that's this one oh i think that's that one but like it kind of that was kind of where we were at with those fair enough Matt, why don't you go ahead and close this out on this one? So the last song is going to be Menacing Weight. And just because it's the end of the record does not mean it's time (laughs) to slow down. And honestly, this song portrays that sentence perfectly. It takes elements from everything in this record and culminates it into this one piece. And really, it's probably the perfect way to close out this particular record. And it feels like the perfect proper bookend for the record as well. For sure. Like th- this track just goes just as hard as track one does. It leaves the album on a good tone and gives me a healthy desire for more from the group. Like I don't feel like I've missed anything that they could have given me. But at the same time, I just wish there was more because of how enjoyable the album was for me. That's fair. But yeah, that wraps up the track by track. Uh, just running in runtime even faster than the album was. Wow. <laughs> yeah, the album clocks in at like 31 minutes. Uh, but, uh, so from here, we like to, uh, give our tentacle rating on the album. So Matt, on a scale of one to eight tentacles, where are you at? 
So right now, I'm middle of the road. I'm putting it at a four. Uh, casual listens, the record is fine to throw on. It's definitely something that I, I would be more than happy to listen to if it came on. I wouldn't skip it. I wouldn't skip anything. I'd probably just leave it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something I would likely recommend to others, but I'd be hesitant to recommend it unless I kind of knew what the person's music taste was. Uh, is it something that I'm going to actively go back to? Maybe, uh, but it's kind of a kind of a iffy for me. For sure. Um, this one comes in at a seven for me. Okay. I, I enjoy this one a lot. Yeah. Um, like it's no, no secret. Like I have a lot of really heavy punk roots. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Growing up, before I really began discovering heavy music, like I was really enveloped into ska. Oh and yeah, take that or leave it. Like it, th- that just is what it is. But there's no doubt that ska and punk have had huge influences yeah. on each other. And so, like that's just kind of like where like a lot of my original music taste came from. And I discovered heavy music later and and found a perfect mesh between the two. I respect that. And so th- th- this one here was just really kind of true to form for me. Okay. Pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) I dig that. So that's going to wrap up our breakdown of Comeback Kids Heavy Steps. And what we're going to do is jump into our hidden track where we talk about stuff in the realm of music, not related to this particular record. And uh, we both actually have a couple things we like to talk about. And honestly, I want to hear yours because one of them is just, I'm so so happy for you. Yeah. So uh, on last... Well, shoot, what day was it? Saturday, I think. <laughs> it was Saturday. Yeah, you're right. It was Saturday. Last Saturday uh, at the time of this recording. So today's like the 26th, so it would have been the 22nd. Uh, I got to see one of my favorite bands in concert again. Uh, I got to see Fit for an Autopsy, and they were being supported by Enterprise Earth, Ingested, Sign of the Swarm, and uh, Great American Ghost. And that show was stupid good. Um, it, it was really neat to see. So obviously... Um, Fit for an Autopsy killed it. They're doing support for uh, their their new album, Oh, What mm-hmm. the Future Holds, which we talked about last week. Um, so was Enterprise Earth, who we also covered last week. <laughs> last um, week was just insane. It, it really was. Uh, notably, uh, Enterprise Earth actually didn't have Dan Watson with him at the time uh, because he is still recovering from COVID. Uh, apparently he's just having some issues with lung capacity. And so I don't know who it was that they brought on, but the guy just killed it. And it, it was a phenomenal, like, I don't know that they could have chosen somebody better to, to cover in while Dan Watts is recovering. That's good. So no, that was awesome. super cool. Um, Ingested also only had three members uh, on stage with them, which was kind of interesting. Obviously, they had the backing tracks and everything, so it sounded full. Mm-hmm. But it was just kind of interesting to see only three of them on stage. Yeah. But um, they killed it. Signs of the Swarm was just nasty beyond all recognition. And uh, Great American Ghost was the only one of these guys that I hadn't really listened to prior to. Mm-hmm. And um, going into this, um, they released a uh, an EP the day before, and so I, I went ahead and checked that out. And uh, man, that thing slaps. It is that, that, that's my other thing I'm really going to talk about here is the 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 it's four tracks. It's called Tortured World, uh, and it is a monster of an EP. Ooh. I highly recommend these dudes. I they're the Kingmakers, Kingmaker and Womb are the two big tracks off of it uh, that I personally recommend. Both of them are just super heavy, super nasty, and I can't get enough of them. It's been kind of on repeat for me lately. Okay. No, I, I respect that. 
So the two that I've got is uh, High Wind, which I had briefly talked about. I believe it was actually in the last episode. I think so. Uh, they put out their Wind Waker EP. Uh, so for those who may not have caught that episode, is High Wind is composed of Jared Worth and Elliot Grunberg from Bless the Fall, along with two additional members. Uh, one of them I have met personally and have briefly talked to. Uh, he's kind of famous out here in Arizona's kind of um, local music scene. I think he actually helps with production of music out here. And mm-hmm. I got a chance to listen to the EP and it felt like they took some aspects of Bless the Fall and brought it into this EP. It was only a three song EP. The tracks were Ragnarok, I believe Wind Waker and Iron Throne. Um, it was only the the three songs, and it felt again like they took aspects from Bless the Fall, kind of sprinkled them in, but it felt like everything just sounded generic um, compared to some other material. It just kind of felt like cut of the mill metalcore. I'm not sure kind of what what to expect from them in the future. I'm very excited to see what they may do, but that this kind of left a, a little bit of a bitter taste in my mouth. Like I can't say bitter taste, but it it left a more it left a want. something to be desired. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so that I don't want to touch too much on that. Now this one. Uh, f- spoiler alert! If you didn't watch our, or listen to our wrap up episode is era was my favorite or my album of the year for 2021 it's getting a deluxe edition Mm -hmm. so uh, it's going to be released on march 18th if i remember correctly and it's going to include a new song titled night to silence oh oh that song is so good um it takes a lot of the things that the self-titled record by era did well smashes everything in it almost felt like a combination of lunar halo with vanish canvas along with i think divisionary is the song i think it is kind of just like a a beautiful medley of those three songs and just this beautiful beautiful piece it also includes a version of vanish canvas featuring courtney laplante of spirit box um I'm not too hot on the uh, version with the feature, but I do respect the what the band was actually trying to do in regards to kind of just di- differentiating it from the original. Take note, folks. This is uh, first in technical pop history where Matt is not ranting and raving about Courtney LeBlanc. It's <laughs> uh, one for the books, folks. <laughs> first time I've talked about Courtney LeBlanc all year this year so far. Isn't that great? We haven't even made it into month two yet. That oh, I get. If, when you put it that way, way, way it to makes go, it... man. Yeah, like this is literally like you, episode you... two of the year. <laughs> and that's gonna wrap it up. Th- that's that, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm not, I'm not letting this go. That's like, that, that's like the people who wake up on January first and said, "I haven't drank all year," or "I haven't seen you since last year." Mm. Oh man, it's been like, uh, I it just, you're the worst. Anyway, so we're going to go ahead and wrap this episode up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But that is going to do it for us today, folks. We do appreciate you taking the time to listen. Uh, You can find us on a variety of social medias. We are available on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and uh, and TikTok. And uh, we are going to be starting a uh, Twitch here soon Mm -hmm. uh, that we're going to 
some changes are going to be coming to the podcast that we're really excited for and we're uh, looking forward to share with you as uh, new developments come forward. Mm-hmm. So uh, be on the lookout for that um, and we'll obviously keep you apprised of that information. And uh, yeah, 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 don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, all that jazz. Like, just Please don't give us the one star like the one person did. Yeah, that, th- that brings us genuine sadness. Forgive us for Matt's take. On Iron Maiden. Yes. I'm, I'm, I, it's got to be it. Like, that's our, I, that's our most popular to. episode. It has to. <laughs> so Matt's bad. Anyway, we'll see you later. We'll catch you in the next one. <laughs>